motion, moving everybody around, moving the opponent around, getting the matchups that you want. This is the Matt Canada offense, and we're starting to see it in, I was about to say action. How about in motion? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Another day of OTAs, another round of interviews, and we get another step closer to understanding what it is that Canada aims to achieve with this group on this side of the football. And above and beyond anything else, it's deception. When you think of deception and football, sometimes when you link those terms together, certainly those of you who go way back, you can think of gimmicky stuff, wicky-wacky. Remember Sam Weish, Bengals coach? And that's not really what this is. What this is, is utilizing a weapon that almost everyone else had already been utilizing. And the Steelers were one of the few teams that were just basically lining up on offense where everyone thought they'd line up, encountering the matchups that even the Steelers knew they'd be encountering, and then just saying, all right, let's play. Let's see who has the better team. What the point of that is, I don't know, other than like, you know, sheer machismo or something. But the point of the Canada offense, at least pre-snap, is to make sure that you're always feeling a little unsettled. That you don't just look over there and go, oh, they're doing this. Hey, everybody, they're doing this. And then everybody adjusts. You'll see motion. You'll see players lining up in positions they don't normally play. One of those is obvious, that being Najee Harris lining up at wide receiver, something that he's done already at rookie minicamp. He's done it at OTAs. But within that, you're going to see all four, and I underscore the term Four F-O-U-R wide receivers being involved in moving around to different slots. Sometimes outside, sometimes inside, sometimes in the slot, sometimes all stacked up on one side. You remember those plays? And they're going to be doing that for the principal purpose of negating the other team's best coverage guy. Listen to some of what James Washington had to say on this subject after the OTA session yesterday on the South Side. Formations are a little different, but uh, like I said, I, I think it'll help us just because it'll it'll help us line up in different positions and uh, move people around pre-snap and, and, and get the, the matchups that we want, you know, against certain guys. Anyone who's been listening to this show for a while will already know that I'm big on James Washington. I feel as if I have to lay that out as a disclaimer 
every time his name will come up on this program. I am all freaking aboard the James Washington train. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG, they represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Washington points out, and fairly so, that one of the many strengths of this receiving core is that different guys can do different things and that all four of them have, in fact, been utilized at the NFL level, not just in college, in multiple different roles, multiple different routes. And there's a lot going on here. There's going to be a lot to unpack. I'm not talking about for us. I'm talking about for them. I'm talking about for the receivers. I'm talking about everybody involved in the offense. Different terminology, uh, different everything. Sure, some of it's going to be a, a carryover. Conceptually, you do have the same quarterback. You don't want to make everything completely new, as we discussed on yesterday's show. And Ben's joke about that notwithstanding, it's going to be some kind of hybrid for the purposes of this discussion. But what this leaves me with, more than anything, is the question, what what were they doing before this? Can I be that guy? Because I'm going to end up being that guy at some point in the coming season. I might as well get it out of my system now because if we're already talking about this now, misdirection, movement, these aren't pioneering concepts here. Canada isn't bringing this to the NFL. All Canada's doing is catching the Steelers up. How is it that the offensive coordinator position previously, and if it sounds like I'm about to pile on to Randy Feetner, so be it. I am. How is it that that position was held at such low importance that he was promoted from within, from quarterback's coach, to having no experience Designing or diagramming plays at the NFL level. How is it that that was just okay with everybody? Because he's Ben's guy? Because they get along? Because he seems folksy? Because he works hard? What, what was that? How is it that the keys to something so supremely significant to this franchise were tossed to Feetner. Look, you don't have to be George Hallis, Don Shula, Tom Landry to have watched that offense and to have grasped that it lacked imagination, that it lacked ingenuity, that it lacked deception. 
All you had to do was open your eyelids and see that when they were in a certain formation, the whole planet knew what they were about to run. What happened? Even getting past the higher, what happened exactly last season in 2020 when the Steelers brought in Canada and as a result the offense brought in some fragments of his motion but at the risk of dropping a pun here went through the motions and executing it. Sometimes you'd see it, sometimes you wouldn't, very rarely to any good effect. You would basically see guys moving for the sake of moving. And you know exactly what I'm talking about because you watched the same thing I did. You saw these guys just kind of scrambling and whatever else, and it was like, oh yeah, look, there's that Matt Canada part. And then it was just a run-of-the-mill play that didn't gain any kind of advantage, that didn't come with any actual purpose. This is not a popular stance that I've taken, the one I'm about to reiterate. But I have forever seen Mike Tomlin's greatest shortcoming as a head coach to be his assignment of coordinators. And being that one of those coordinators over the years was Dick LeBeau, we're really primarily talking about offense. Zero issues with LeBeau, obviously, just to be clear on that. Not as wild, anywhere near as wild about Keith Butler, although Butler has achieved some of his objectives, certainly in terms of getting to the quarterback. But on offense, which is always going to be this head coach's shortfall in terms of a base of knowledge, being that he's been a defensive guy his whole life. How is it that the Pittsburgh Steelers have allowed this really, really, really important position to be managed by Todd Haley and then Randy Feetner? How many years of Ben Roethlisberger were rolled under the bus. You know? How much of this did they waste? And I'm not letting Ben off the hook here either because Ben was the one that wanted Randy. When what really needed to happen all along was for a coordinator of some ingenuity to be hired to come in and say, hey, listen, this stuff you're doing, man, it's 1975. I'm here to show you how things are done and maybe throw in some of my own wrinkles and whatever else here. And that's the kind of stuff that Canada's doing. Now, is Canada going to be a success? I've got no idea. I'm not sitting here saying that he's the answer, that he and his approach and his playbook and his terminology and his application and his execution of it will be the answer. I don't know that. We have yet to see a single snap of the Matt Canada offense in anger. But I am saying, and with conviction, that this is the type of move this team should have made a long, long time ago. And it's amazing to me now, in hindsight, that it didn't happen sooner. When we come back, just one question. 
Welcome back. Time for just one question. Today's comes from Bob Elliott, who says, I always felt that Ben had a particular disdain for the national media and was always more amicable toward the local media. I could be wrong about that. The DKs of the world surely would know better. With that said, the Steelers give out the Chief Award every year to the player who's most hospitable and cordial with the media. I'd love to know what you've got to say about that. Well, first of all, Bob, I appreciate the question. You're correct that Ben is definitely friendlier uh, and more accommodating with the local media than he is with the national. He's been burned on the national level multiple times, and he will, and I've witnessed this, hold a grudge against a national outlet to the extent that he won't want to deal with the reporter from that national outlet, even if that reporter, that specific reporter, had nothing to do with whatever it was that angered him. A lot of that happens with ESPN, NFL Network, um, a lot of the names that you would expect without me getting into any of that stuff. I prefer to speak for myself on these things and my own interactions. Uh, my own interactions with Ben have been outstanding. That includes one-on-one -on -one when he's needed. That includes off the record when I really need something. That includes after a win. It includes after a loss. It includes at home. It includes on the road. It includes in London after one of the toughest losses, I think, of his career based on his reaction that day, the extra time he and I spent after that. Uh, I have never, ever, ever, ever had a negative issue of any kind with Ben Roethlisberger. I have felt that he was at least deserving of a nomination at different points for the Chief Award because the demands on him are unlike the demands on anybody else on the team. That's not true of Ben. That's true of every quarterback. Um, he has media demands that accumulate that we don't see. He's the one that has to sit extra time with, for example, that week's network broadcasters. Uh, and even though it's informal and it's chatty and it's not on the record, it's still another thing that adds to his week. The fact that he speaks only once a week on Wednesdays, that used to be kind of weird and standoffish, and now it's just the norm all around football. You don't get the quarterback more than once a week. I have nothing but positive things to say here. Um, I also happen to, if you really want me to get candid here, I have a lot of respect for coaches and athletes in any sport who do right by the local media, the ones who cover them on a regular basis, because our livelihoods and our company's livelihoods depend on the teams we cover and their professionalism if that makes sense. Uh, if the Chiefs are lousy with their media, I mean, that could affect us, you know, 
once every three years, if that. But it's not something we're going to get worried about. It's not our concern. It will be a concern to the national media because they've got to deal with all 32 NFL teams. We don't. We've got to deal with one. And one of the things that's happened through the course of this pandemic with the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates is that I think there's been a reminder of which are the outlets that are the most dedicated to covering these respective teams. And the teams themselves have responded accordingly. And that's been really, really uplifting for me. I'm not going to lie. Just the way they've arranged things, the way they've structured who asks which questions on the Zoom calls. And and you know what I'm talking about, because when you you open up uh, one of these files that shows the entire interview with Ben Roethlisberger, for example, you're going to hear a lot of local reporters asking the questions, and you're going to hear very, very little of the national. Well, all the national outlets happen to be on that call and would love to be asking the questions. They just aren't getting them. The reason for that is that the Steelers are doing right by the people who are here in Pittsburgh covering the team on a daily basis. I hope that answered your question. I actually hope it didn't go too far toward answering your question. As you can tell, this is a topic that's kind of close to the heart. I could actually do multiple, multiple episodes of Daily Shot of Steelers on this one alone. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.